and they were they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and Peter went out there full of the Holy Spirit, and he preached the preaching. Thousands, literally thousands of people got saved with that preach, and they formed the first church. It's absolutely amazing the working of the Holy Spirit in that bottom. And that's this is the first things that was written about this first church that that, that form. They said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to pray. Look at the way that this thing is happening. And it's in Acts 2. If this thing was happening in Acts 30 or Acts 40 or Acts 50 or 60 or 20 years or 60 years after the church had formed, it would have made a lot more sense to me. But when I look at this first church, I see something that happened in this big group of people that also was different people, different backgrounds. Let's say in Jerusalem, at the time when Jesus was there, was he that he never would be worth it? They were guys with the Oprah and Somalia and all over the place was in Jerusalem at that point. So this church was not just, just Jews, it was the Echo and I'm all background. It was different people that got together. But look at this. Everyone, look at this, at the language that the Bible is using here. Everyone was full with all, with the many wonders and miracles, signs, miraculous signs that were done by the apostles. All the believers were together. And had everything in common. All of it go, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone who had had need. Next verse. Every day they got together. They met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And it says, "Verse 47." And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I was looking at this again this week, and recently, the past two years, I've had this privilege where God has thrown us into the deep end. And I find myself now as a, as a, as a leader of people and in the church, and as I refer to myself as a To an unhealthy church. So that was something of even God's 
saying, listen, these guys, they, they got what I want to show them. They got the heart of this thing. And he then said, I'm going to send people to them. I'm going to add to their numbers. So there was something beautiful. Even, even there was almost a stamp of approval from God's side to what was happening there. Um, and it was something beautiful to me. So, Now, Jesus says, if we love him, we will keep his commandments. And that means that if something is important to Jesus, it will be important to us. You get that? So when we get saved, we still very much, the old man still there. We've got desires and we've got things that's important to us and we've got things that, that, that's, yeah, that, that's me, very much me. And what happens is then the, 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 the Holy Spirit comes and starts to change us. And the Bible says the law that was first there for, from Moses and those guys, that gets written into my heart. And, and where I used to do things because I have to, now suddenly things become, I want to do these things for the Lord. I want to be obedient to these things. And you tend to see that all the things that's important and dear and close to the heart of Jesus becomes the things that's dear and close to my heart. And it becomes important to me. And it's important for us to go and say, say what was very important to Jesus? One of the things that was very important to him, and that is unity. So it wasn't just something that happened to this first church uh, in Acts, but it was actually something that Jesus already, when he was here before that church, already started speaking unity and already emphasized to say, look, this is something. And there's a prayer that Jesus prayed for, for his disciples just before he left uh, uh, going back to, to, to the Lord in heaven. It's in John 17. And listen to this, what he, what he says here, what he prays here. He said, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, referring to the disciples. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Let's protect me by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they might be one as we are one. So one of the last things that Jesus could have prayed for his disciples was for unity. And now we look a little bit beyond Jesus and we look at a guy like Paul. And Paul had a revelation of Jesus. Jesus actually appeared to him in person. And he shared the, the depths and the, and the intricacies and the design of church and how to build church. And one of the things that I'm sure that Jesus conveyed to him personally was unity. Because what, look what Paul says here in Ephesians 4. He says, Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit and in the bond of peace. And, then, and, and when you go to the Amplified Bible, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the Amplified, but sometimes the Amplified, you just kind of describe it a little bit there. The Amplified says this, the bond of peace and, and the oneness in the Spirit is each individual, listen to this, each individual working together to make the whole successful. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what unity is? Each individual, each one of us, working together to make the whole, the church, the body, the image of God, that what is important to Jesus, to make that successful. And I've got a little thing. Look at you guys watch rugby. I'm fairly okay with this. With this I, I, I want to show you a video here. And who ever heard of the term eight-man shark? You know, I've heard of eight-man shark. Eight-man shove is that thing where, where they, they get a strap and they have no idea So for those guys that miss this reference, uh, <laughs> in, in rugby you get a scrum. 
and His holiness and His awesomeness. And we, we, sit, we stood and we sung those songs, okay? And the, the gust that came out, I could really feel it. But I just got a feeling that there's people here who are struggling with worthiness. God is so awesome, but why me? Why am I worthy to come to Him? And we don't become worthy so that we can go to God. We go to God so that we can become worthy. The Holy Spirit was sent to us so that He can walk a path with us. So that we can, He can bring about the change. But it's up to us to accept the change that the Holy Spirit brings. But the Holy Spirit brings conviction to us. And the longer we walk the walk, and the more we're receptive, and we open our hearts to Christ, and we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit, we become sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, and the convictions, the more the Holy Spirit will bring that change. And that change is going to bring us that little step, and the little step closer to where we We're never going to be Jesus, but we're going to strive our entire lives to become more like Jesus. But that's why the Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit is with us to make us more worthy. We're not there to make ourselves worthy. Amen. Amen. I want to say, is there anyone here this morning that feels unworthy to be part of this family? Is there anyone here this morning that feels in their heart, I don't fit here, I don't belong here? Take your eyes off of that feeling and put your eyes on Jesus this morning. Because I believe going to fit you in this morning. I believe there's something of the Lord that's going to work something amongst us this morning. And if you feel like that odd stone, that stone that's still on the, on the ground next to you, next to the building that's being built, I believe the Lord is going to build you in this morning. So thank you for that, Justin. I believe if we really catch the heart of unity, and I don't, I've got not, I've, I can think of so by long journey. I believe if we get the heart of why God wants us to be unified, why God wants us to walk in unity, why He wants that eight man shove from us as a congregation and as a people, I believe if we get the why to that, if we really get the heart, it will change the way that you review church. It will change your attitude when you come to church, when you join this family. It will change the way that you, you, you've heard of that scripture where Andrew talks about in the orientation. For those of you that have done orientation will know this. He says we belong to each other. There's a scripture that says that. Have you heard that before? Where the scripture says we belong to each other. You realize that you belong to me and I belong to you? That's a debt of being connected to one another. That's not like the world shows us. That's a whole different order. That's a whole different level of being connected to each other. If I belong to you, and that's why when we talk about membership, why is membership important to us? Why is it important to you? Is it because to get your name on a piece of paper so we can brag in town say, hey, no. When you, when, you, when, you, when you have that, 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 that uh, urge in your heart to say, listen, I want to be connected to these, these guys. And the, and the Lord works something in your heart to say, listen, I want to commit to this family. And this family wants to commit to me. Then the Bible says something supernatural happens. That He binds us together in a way that we belong to each other. And then when it is not going so lucky with any, 
It's not just oh, start the money. <laughs> when I hear that Ethan is struggling, when Ethan goes off the rails and he starts drinking, he goes on a drinking binge to, when, he, when he goes to university, <laughs> he goes off the rails. It's not going to be that I'm saying, oh, yes, he fought off. You're going to hear from Justin, so stories. Start the fight. No, he belongs to me. It's something else. It's a part of me that's going missing. It's a part of me that's not here. When, when, when someone is not here on a Saturday morning, do you feel that longing in your heart? Was there before Ochan? Oh, Do you feel that? Do you feel that? And it's not, I, 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 if, you see, if you don't feel it yet, trust the Lord this morning to do a work in you, to bring something to you when it comes to unity. Trust Him this morning. I'm going to skip over the other ones. If there's one thing that the 1995 World Cup showed us, is that the world's sense of unity is very superficial. It's based on what's called Kuturivah. That's what the world shows us. And the thing is that we sometimes come into church and we want to find unity in that way. As ons genoeg braai met mekaar, and make no mistake, the Bible tells us fellowship. There's a reason why the Bible tells us to fellowship. So I'm not ditching that, I'm not throwing that, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater now. But it could very easily be that we want to build on things like fellowship and say, that is the thing that's going to bring the unity. If I preach about it enough, that's the thing that's going to bring the unity. If I just, it's the perfect example of unity, and me and Stefan, you know, if we show the people, that's going to bring the unity. And the thing is, the 1995 World Cup showed us that the unity that is worked in any other way, it's a superficial unity. Because it was just 10 years after that, around 2005, just before load shedding started. <laughs> That, that South Africa started showing creation. Remember that there was, a, there was just an amazing faith. We were called the Rainbow Nation and we looked beautiful from the outside. And there were stories and movies made about us and the Mandela flick and all that. And it was just this Rainbow Nation. And suddenly around 2005, the creation started showing. And I remember there was the stories that came out of Stellenbosch, how the students started urinating on other students' stuff and Things of racism. Julius Malema came to the fore, and he, blacks against whites. And Grabau, and Linda, so the detail that I better can do. I just don't understand. And Grabau, black people rising up against colored people. This is on school here. You're not allowed to come here. You're not this kind. It's on work here, even where I work. Yeah, I'm not going to go into that. But there's, yeah, I can give me a dollar for God. There's, a, there's an uprising of people against each other. What happened to the rainbow nation? Because you know what? We can't build on how good we get along with each other. We can't build on that. We can't build on if we, if we, if we get along. We need to build on the foundation that Jesus builds on. Look, what did be Jesus build on? Look at this, John 17. This is now the same prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples. 
And then Jesus went on and says, okay, now I'm finished praying for my disciples, Father, now I want to pray for the rest of them. Listen to this. It says, my prayer is not only for them, for his disciples. I pray also for those that will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Again, focus of Jesus. They may be one, Father, just as you are in me. Now, this is the key. Listen to this. This is the key. Just as you are in me and I am in you. You see the key there. It doesn't say how long, how well we got it. It's not about if we coexist well together. It's even not even the goals that we have that we share. Because me and Tani Linda might share a common heart for, for sickness, for evangelism. But not even that will bring unity to us. Because suddenly she's got a different way than I have a different way. Get that. She wants to do it in this way. And suddenly we, we lost our unity. Even in that we can't find unity. What we do is, me and you and I and you, that's when we find unity. When we allow the Holy Spirit to come into us. And we're going to get to that now. I don't want to go into that too deep now. May they also be in us. Listen to this. May they also be in us. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, so that they might be one as we are one. That's the key. Yeah. The key is this. We need to find unity, not in the things that we have in common. We need to find unity in the things that we have in common with Christ. And there's a focus that happens. There's, it's bigger than a focus. I don't know what the right word is for this. I don't know actually how to convey this. There's something that changes in our heart when it comes to the aspect of unity. The minute that we take our eyes off of our circumstances, our challenges, our world, what we want, how we see church, what we want to do in church, what we want to do with church, everything in this, when we take our eyes off of ourselves and we just look at Jesus and we allow Him to change our focus, that is when we find true unity because it is a foundation that He lays and He continues to lay that. And that's why the Lord said the following thing. And that's where we're going to just shift a little bit of a focus on the table this morning. And I want to say from the get-go, this table, that's not the thing that brings the unity. It's the person that you find here of Jesus who brings the unity. This is a tool in the hand of Jesus to help us find Him. And when we find Him here, we will find something there. We will find a, a, an aspect of Jesus that will bring the unity. Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It was interesting to me that sometimes we lose focus of that. How many times have we done communion in this church? Where, where the table was there on the side, and it was, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable in my own heart. It was, when are we going to fit it in? 
I want to die to the things that's important to me, church. And I want to ask you this morning, Lord Jesus, show me what's important to you. I want to ask you, Lord Jesus, show me how do you want to use me in this family. I want to come to you, Lord Jesus, and I want to say, Lord Jesus, as you and the Father were so one, that you obeyed him to come to the earth and give your life to him. I want to be also obedient to every word that you speak to me. And suddenly when I partake in the table and I break it, (coughs) and we break it together with each other, suddenly there's something that connects us, not to each other, but to him. And through his spirit, he then comes and he connects us to each other through him and in him. Do you see that? Do you see that for yourself? That's something that we can't do that. We we can preach the the revelation of that, but the working is the Holy Spirit. And this morning I want to say, this morning I'm going to look at Jesus. We're going to to share the table together. And there's two things that Paul said. And it goes a little bit, no, let's maybe just quickly go through that. Therefore, he ever eats the bread and drinks the cup of glory in an unworthy manner will be eating, guilty of sinning against the body. It's very interesting when he, now he suddenly comes back and he says, if you do this in an unworthy manner, you're breaking the unity, sinning against the body. And so the table, when we, when we share this table, when we break bread together, it's not just an opportunity where we remember what Christ did for us. It's an opportunity where we say, Lord Jesus, is there something in me that is breaking the unity, that is bringing division into this house? And then the invitation of the Lord is not, so, not to say, oh, okay, but step out of the building, please. Refrain yourself from partaking. That's not what the invitation says. The invitation of the Lord is, is bring it to me. Come and repent. Bring it to me. I'll heal that wound. I'll come and forgive you for that thing that's in you. Because you know what's more important to me? It's that you are one with these people. Don't, don't pull away. Don't isolate. Bring it to me. And then the Lord says, come and repent of that. So it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to look in And then you know what the second opportunity is? It's also an opportunity for us to look across the table. You know what the beautiful thing is? Tanya and Justin has a bit of a disunity in their marriage. This is an opportunity to, for them to look at, at their marriage and say, Lord, is there anything in us? And it's just, just not there. We're not, we're not doing the eight-man shove in our household at the moment. We're not doing this eight-man shove at the moment between us. And this table, when we break bread together, we focus on the things that's the most important to Jesus. This is a place where we look at not at each other, but we look at Jesus and He shows us. He, he, he opens our eyes to what is most important to Him. And suddenly, you see, the most important thing this morning for Jesus is that I must go and make one with my wife. The most important thing this morning to Jesus is showing me that there's a world out there that needs Him so desperately. And suddenly, the table becomes a place where I put my own comforts, my own things to the side and I say Lord it's not about my comfort zone it's not about what's more important to me it's about what's more important to you and Jesus uses this table that we become one with him and what is most important to him this morning becomes most important to you this morning 
And when that happens, we find unity amongst each other. You get that? I'm going to stop talking now. I want to give you guys, and now you can just put that out of it. I want to give you some opportunity. We're going to give the Holy Spirit a bit of an opportunity. And Bridget is going to just lead us into a time of worship. And, and from now, that's where we're looking at the Holy Spirit. So just get some space between you guys. I want to just give you some space.